for men and the women who loved them, for dads raising daughters and the men they want them to attract, for the moms raising sons that need help making them into quality men. Welcome to our table. Welcome back to another episode of Stripped Raw. I'm here today with Yam Yam. Ooh, what's up? And with Matt. What's up? Cam, don't you think that's weird? He calls you Yam Yam like a f- fucking uh, vegetable? It's a, it's a nickname. It's like a burner. nickname. There's nothing wrong with little nicknames. Yam Yam? And yams are good. We're going to have to work on a nickname for you. All right. Slammin' <laughs> Yammin'. <laughs> we call you Camin. Slammin' Ham. The Cam. <laughs> the Cam. The Cam. <laughs> There's a long story to that one. All right, so we're back. We're, we're here from the holidays. There are a lot of moving parts in, in our world right now. Uh, Too many. Yeah, I know. On one side of it, the You Matter box is launching in the next couple of weeks. We got confirmation that uh, there's like a thousand of these boxes being shipped right now. Or actually, they're at the warehouse. So when people start buying them, they can actually distribute, which is dope. What I was talking to uh, to Yam Yam about, <laughs> would it be like a like a pay it forward system? I think a lot of guys they don't ask for help. So if we like, for me, I know some dudes out there, or even some some girls out there that need help. And I mean, the program can work both ways, males and females. But I know that there are some people where if I was to purchase this box for them, ship it to them, they could see like what it's about. And after they go through the program or see the videos or even some of these podcasts um, or listen to these podcasts, they can understand like, hey, man, it's OK to like to let go a little bit, be a little bit more open about what's going on in their lives, get some steam out of their head. So it's exciting. You Matter Box is launching in the next couple of weeks. It's going to be an awesome, awesome thing. We had a lot of pre-orders, too, especially through Veterans Day. That was dope. And I want to say thank you to everybody who did donate to this. Um, we are making a big push because we are military, which, and we're going to lead into the next part of this, you know, about how busy it is. But the uh, the people that donated these boxes to uh, to help the veterans, man, much love to you. Seriously do appreciate it. So, aside from a lot of moving parts from the Stripped Raw thing and the, the You Matter box, uh, a lot of moving parts right now. That's Matt, a fact. A lot <laughs> of moving parts. Matt, you're going to have a lot of moving parts in about seven days? Close to it, yeah. Seven days? Yeah, so uh, the stripped raw team, we're about to divide and conquer. Uh, Like I said, all of us here, we are military, and most of the team, they're heading out to the Middle East for yet another deployment. Matt's kind of leading the way on some of it. Yes. You excited? It's kind of hard to say yes to that. There's two sides of it. But for sure, I, you know, that's like our Super Bowl. It's what we practice for. These are things that we do every day. And then getting a chance to operate in that environment. And you get closer with everybody because it kind of brings the team together. Absolutely. And that's I think that's a huge uh goal is to try to bring everybody together while we're down there yeah well especially when you get to a place 
not necessarily like third world country, but based on what we're used to, you know, there's no Targets, there's no Best Buys, there's none of that stuff. There is a Starbucks. There's a Starbucks. I imagine it'd be pretty good. <laughs> we're going to make a lot of money. But, uh, yeah, well, we are Air Force, so of course there's a Starbucks. Yes. I'm sure there's some listeners on here who are like, what the hell? <laughs> Starbucks? Yeah. I heard there's a pool, yeah. right? No. <laughs> no pools. There's no uh, pools. Well, I mean, anywhere we've been before, Iraq... Yeah. You know, you had your green bean the coffee. Green bean coffee, yep. Yeah, so most older folks or old heads, whatever you want to call us. <laughs> old. They, <laughs> old. Pops. They, they know uh, about green bean coffee, getting to Moac and going to work yep. for another 12, 14-hour shift. So we're going to have one team. Uh, most of the Strip Raw team is going to this location uh, where it's going to be really hot. And then, so from there, you've got Matt, you're going, Cam, Cobes, Schwa, Damien. So, like, everybody's going. You're a one-man band right now. Mm. So, Dave's staying back. I'll hold down the fort for you guys. Oh, we appreciate it. Oh, you're welcome. Dave and Dr. J on the home front. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, uh, this isn't your first rodeo doing this thing. I was talking to Cam about it earlier. It's Cam's first go. He's never been deployed before. A lot of energy, that young blood excitement. I remember having that young blood excitement. <laughs> I'm sure you did too at some point. It's been a long time ago. Yeah, I imagine so. But uh, yeah, so what we're going to do is I was talking to Cam, just so the listeners are aware. Um, you guys will be doing podcasts out there. I'll be doing podcasts back here so we can still collaborate. And that's in this way, everybody can see, you know, it's. What we've built, like this family, this table, in order like for us to be as transparent with each other and just call things for what it is, like how we've gotten here, a lot of it was because of deployments. You know, when everybody's in the same suck together. Yep. That sucks. But you're in it together, so it's pretty dope. It's pretty awesome. That's when you really get to like know people. And I know Matt right now you're leading how many people are under you? Like It's in the hundreds. Yeah. So yeah. you're going to get to meet a lot of your people. Yeah, for sure. I'm working with the different branches. Um, those are things that I like doing. Now that I'm at that level, I can do those things. Yep. Um, but, yeah, it'll be exciting. It'll be exciting to check in on Cam and after a couple of weeks when he's like, this shit sucks, the fucking food sucks. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Those are things I, I look forward to. Oh, yeah, me too. Well, it was cool because you could always see, like, we're a person when they start breaking down, but everybody at the table is kind of complaining about the same thing. So you band this like this togetherness. So when you're in this, it was something that I had to learn going through my thing. It's like the darkest, like the darkest phases when I was in this pain. Um, like, I couldn't comprehend it. But these guys that have been with me through other things like Afghanistan, Iraq, when there's no running water or anything like that, especially in the Air Force, right? Yep. There were times you didn't have water, but uh, the guys that I opened up to was like I was deployed again because you were able to have those type of uh, transparent conversations. So on one side, you've got young Cam, energy, excited, ready to get out the door. On the other side, you've got Matt, who somehow has energy, been working like 14 days straight trying to get this thing going. Now, you guys will be downrange. Dave will be back here. You guys will be doing podcasts. I'll be doing podcasts. But what I was talking to Cam about is I wanted to try to do some uh, 
like Instagram lives with you guys. While you guys are down there, that way we can talk in the the people that listen. Maybe if they were to uh, go on social media and if we were to set up a time like Saturday or Sunday, whatever works for you guys, based on your timeline. But it's like if everybody can get together and see each other in video, and we can still like hash things out. That way, the viewers they can get like a glimpse of what it's like, if you will, um, with you guys being downrange and somebody from the family back here just having that conversation. Yeah, or we can we'll, show like the transparency of it. Yeah, we'll have to. Uh figure those things out there's a lot of uh, things going on when we get there so it probably will take a little bit of time so we all know our left and rights like it's a pretty big area so it's going to take some time to kind of figure that out everybody's working different schedules and mm-hmm. we'll uh do our best to try to make that happen yeah, because, Cam, you guys will probably be on some type of working man schedule because you guys actually do work. Yeah, put my hands on things. Yep, and Matt is over here in his ivory tower. <laughs> ivory trailer. <clears throat> you get a trailer? I got a trailer. Damn. <laughs> Must be nice. <laughs> all right, so getting into the podcast episode, though, uh, the title of it that I wanted to kind of run with, with, with all these things going on, uh, when can you uh, – I'll lead it with Matt – when can you find time to actually breathe, let your guard down, and just find some peace in the day? Let's see, 24 hours out of the day, uh, you go to work, you're here 10 hours, so you come in at 6. You 10 leave. is rookie numbers right now. Yeah, but you come in at, let's say, 6, and you leave at 4 or 5, so that's the majority of your day. That's almost 11 hours right there, 24 hours, so that's 13 hours left. An hour drive there, an hour drive back, so that's 15 hours. Now you have nine hours to spend with your family and to sleep. When do you find time to breathe? Because I know during the day here, based on especially the tempo we have right now, there's no chance you're breathing here. No. Uh, I get here super early, so probably an hour before a scheduled work start. And that's just kind of like my time. Maybe I read the Daily Stoic, uh, look at Firelighters 365. Sometimes it's listen to an audiobook. Um those are just kind of the peaceful moments because it's difficult because you know having family at home the wife like there's things that just you know daily things that we got to discuss and do and I don't want to take that away from them so that's it's a hard process to manage it's not like work-life balance it's wherever I'm at at the moment like sitting here with you guys I'm going to give you a hundred percent when I go home, I'm going to do the same thing. Yep. So the way I want to kind of spin this is a lot of people, they probably can't relate to when uh, we go on a deployment, we go down range and we go somewhere. But like your mind right now is ticking 100 miles an hour with all the things that you have to do. So your brain is constantly racing. To put it like, I guess, metaphorically, for the people out there, when they have things going on in life, if it's something good, bad, or just whatever. Let's say, especially, you know, we've been pushing the, the You Matter box. You're going through something rough in life. Uh, either way, your brain is constantly going. It's constantly ticking, like yours right now. When do you have a time where you're not reading the Stoic, where you're not listening to an audiobook, when you're just sitting there and you're just breathing? It's... Uh very few and far between. Yeah. Cam, what about you? Um, almost never right now with everything I got going on. 
let me ask you this side of things. Uh, you can't find the space to breathe because there's a lot of things going on. So let's say that I'm somebody who's going through like a breakup. I just went through a breakup. My mind is, you know, I'm all over the place and I can't find time to breathe. Uh, what would you do? How do you find the space? Do you have to wait for the dust to settle? You have to make it. So if you, you know that you it. need it, you know that it's a requirement. Like right now, I'd argue that um, I know at the pace that I'm going, I'm okay with going and I'm comfortable with that. And I would assume it's the same for you, Matt, where you kind of know that you can withstand this for a period of time. Yeah, I guess I'm used to it. But if I was going through a breakup and realizing I needed time, like to me, that's kind of a breakthrough because most people go through whatever tragedy or whatever is going on in their life that's not going the way that they had planned it. You know, identifying that is probably a huge piece. Mm-hmm. Um, like, I know it's there. It's like, like you said, I'm kind of built for this now. Um, well, a lot of guys that I've talked to in the past out here, like you work your 11-hour days, and let's just say it's not full-time tempo like it is right now, spooling up for a deployment. But it's, uh, I would say, if I was to ask them, when would you find your downtime? When would you find your peace? And they would say, uh, I found it on my, on my drive home. When I go home on my drive, that's when I could just finally breathe. And my challenge to that now is, do you think that some people – like a lot of the guys that we work with, they may take the long way home, if you will, because it allows them more time to breathe, to find their Or peace. decompress, really. To decompress. Why can't we decompress at home? Responsibilities? Well, you know, like for me, we're building a house, right? Yep. So there is stress there. And, you know, my wife's dealing with 99% of it, I feel like I'm just going to be the guy that writes a check at the end of the day, just uh, metaphorically. But I have to provide her that time, too, mm-hmm. because then it's not always just about me or my kids got something like it's managing that time. But if we weren't going anywhere, I usually get up at four and work out, go ride the bike walk a couple miles before I even take a shower, before I come to work. Mm. So I try to make that time for myself. Kind of sets me for the day. Do you think there are people out there who just never want to go home? For sure. Like, if you got shit going on at home, you're going to take the long way around. You know what I mean? Like, because you know that problem's there, and a lot of people don't want to face it. Well, yeah, that's, that's my point, though. It's like, why can't they face it? Why can't they face it so they can breathe? Why can't they go home and, like, drop all the armor and be, you know, transparent? I think that takes a <clears throat> certain level of work to establish that. I agree. To be able to do it. So if you, especially if you get too far down, like I've talked about so many times, I'm lucky that in my situation I've, I've kind of established that or we've established that early on. So when I do go home and I need that, it's easy to convey that. But... I couldn't imagine, you know, already being in the shit and then trying to bring up this conversation of like, hey, I need this and it's not received well. And, you know, now there's just more work on my plate kind of thing. Yeah. I think my therapist, she put it in a way way back when when we were talking about, you know, why did uh, why did the marriage end? And she said, you know, 
a marriage doesn't end because or the fights it's not it's never like that thing that people bring up the toothpaste cap wasn't on the toothpaste too it's just that everything else has been piling up yeah it's deeper it's for sure way deeper and i think too you get into come home from work you're tired of shit you know you're like oh i'm tired and then it's like well i did this today i'm tired and it's almost like you get into this competition yep scoreboard right and I used to be that person. Now I just kind of like what's worth a, the conversation. True. And I don't, they're not in my shoes. I'm not in her shoes. So I've, one of the things that I've worked on for myself is stop doing it. Yep. Well, see, that's the beautiful thing right there. That's the beautiful thing about this conversation because you learned it through time, experience, and now wisdom, Right. So you had to earn those things as time went on. Sure. And it creeps up. I'm not going to lie. Like, you know, she's home. She's tired. I'm like, you know, I got up at four. I did this, this, this. And then I get home at 730. Like, I've had a long day, too. Like, I'm tired. But what the fuck is the point of that? No, there's no trophy. There's no, like, what am I winning yeah. at the end of the day? We'll see, and I think a lot of, if you were, myself, uh, the younger version of myself, and I don't know if it's a lot of, I would imagine, like, a lot of the generation that's, that's younger, they won't understand what you're saying until they had to experience it, which is the cool thing about this conversation is because it's like, no, here's the wisdom right now. It's, you know, the scoreboard. Don't, don't look at the scoreboard. Don't, but the, the reason I wanted to bring up this this topic is I think that a lot of um, I know that like the man is the provider and the protector and the provider and the provider so you always have to provide but if you never feel like that you can come home and like come out with what you're feeling as well right and you can have that emotionally intelligent conversation with your partner then guys are going to constantly just be hard does that make sense like you're not going to open up you're not going to say and the other person, your your partner, they can't handle that conversation either. So it's like that's why the guy doesn't want to come home because he doesn't feel like that. He can't open up as well. Or the gal. It's not just the guy. I'm just speaking from my no, perspective. No, right. I think it's both sides mm -hmm. for sure. Um, your home should be your safe space. Correct. Um, it is your home. Yep. Um, but at what point did some people lose sight of that? I know I did. Like, it was my safe space, but I still didn't feel safe, so I just had to stay hard all the time. And eventually it just built, it, it built up inside of me as well. And then it leads to senseless arguments that Boom. mean nothing. Yep. Yep. Because you're arguing for the sake of arguing without trying to figure out. Like, you guys should be like life partners. Yep. Like, everything should be some sort of common goal to live life together. Yeah. So what are the steps to combating that pattern obviously first off you have to realize that you're not comfortable being realize that you're taking the long way home you know understand that and figure out why but you know how how would you have taken it differently um looking back some of the key things that i've learned from myself that i think i do believe if everybody was to to introduce uh, understanding your own ego because a lot of the fights I mean it takes two to tango essentially mm -hmm. um, if you understand like if I understand my ego and if I understand my emotional availability 
where I get triggered emotionally, and that's where some of these like weird fights happen. It's like you're getting you're getting heated, and why? You know, neither one of you want to hurt each other, but all of a sudden it turns into you're trying to hurt this other person. So it was my ego understanding my ego, and understanding my emotional availability, my emotional maturity. Um, that I, was huge. I, th- I think it's emotional maturity. Yeah, because it it's not just about what happened to you, your divorce, right? Yep. Every relationship starts off, everything's fucking great because you're in it. Yep. And then as time goes, things start to wane, things are normal. And if you don't have that emotional maturity, you're going to lead down the same path that you did before. Correct. Yeah, and I'm a, a, a great example of this thing because... I wouldn't necessarily take the long way home because I wanted to be home, but I would find things to do, if you will. Like, I'm a fixer. So we're in the military. Uh, We work on fighter jets. We work very fast, and we usually come out with pretty good results. Fast and effective, fast and effective. So what I would do is I would get home, and essentially it's along the same lines as taking the long way home because I would go home and I would find things to do, keep my hands busy. Instead of decompressing myself, I would... uh, find a hobby where I was just working out in the yard all the time. I never allowed myself to have time to let my armor off to allow somebody else to come in. I didn't know how to do it. I didn't know how to, I didn't know that, I didn't know that I was allowed to, if you will. I thought I always had to be hard and strong all the time. But essentially what it does, it just makes a clam of a man. That's who I was. Just this hard shell, and I just kept reinforcing the ego and these types of things. It just kept feeding my uh there are insecurities i know i talk a lot about insecurities but i never did the work in order to establish trust and emotional maturity with my home so that i could if there were times that i just need to like no i need to breathe and i need to talk about these things but i didn't allow myself to i think it's been a lot of my journey uh through this whole thing that we're doing here stripped raw writing raw whatever it is was to understand like how did i get that way how did I get to the point where I didn't feel like I could open up and talk about things? Because a lot of like what you're feeling inside, if you let it out to your partner and they could help you fix it or just a safe place for you to open up, how many fights would be curtailed? Right. A lot. So many. But you have to be able to lead it yourself. Right. And I think, as you said, like I've learned a lot about myself just doing this since August. You know, kind of listening to different perspectives on things and putting a different lens on, if you will, to how you deal with people, how you deal with relationships. All of that comes into play. So nobody has the right answer here. Like, we're not professional experts. It's just the shit we've been through to kind of help each other. That's the table. Um, So when people listen to this, it it just didn't happen overnight we didn't like write a book and come up with all these fucking great sayings and things it it's taken a lot of time a lot of time and it's hopefully so that they can learn from it if they want to so you can learn from it or and they may be able to sharpen it and make it better or maybe this conversation provokes some thought like am i doing this why am i doing this right Mm -hmm. and maybe that helps somebody recognize some of these things yeah and I'm an example of, I mean, what you guys are talking about is the reason that I feel like I'm 
I'm in this position with you guys because like I, you know, young guy, I don't have the experience and all these life, like, like the deployments and stuff like that. But I'm practicing the proof of what we're trying to show here of like, you know, I'm able to learn through you guys, through you guys' experience. And mm -hmm. it's something that, I mean, from the beginning, I've always been forever grateful for, but I don't think a lot of people realize like my, in my mission statement is that you don't have to hit your face on rock bottom in order to build up. Like I'm able to learn do you got your guys's stuff so you don't get progress. to that point exactly yeah yeah well, it's something that uh i asked i asked cobra about quite a bit like does somebody have to hit complete bottom and i'm still under the uh the mindset that you do because i've never seen anything different whereas cam he's using it as uh he doesn't have to hit bottom it's like no i can learn from you guys and i can do it so it's like uh, watching it happen. I, I would much rather somebody not go through the shit we absolutely. went through mm -hmm. absolutely and learn something from it True. So he's like a, a walking testimonial right now. And I think a lot of this, like the whole You Matter box, a lot of this stuff, it's it's Dave here hoping that people, it's not necessarily buy the product, but it's uh, believing in it. So it's like you don't have to hit bottom. Don't let that other person hit bottom. Show some empathy based on the experience that we have. Right. And a lot of these podcasts are written like trigger points to draw some of this information out of people and maybe get them to think a little bit differently yeah. about their situation or their lot in life. Mm -hmm. Yeah. All of it stems from the foundation of self-accountability, and that's what I'm proud about Cam, is because he did hold himself accountable. You could have been that, you know, Cam's got a house. He's got all those stuff. He's got things going for him in life. So in his mind, he could have said, Hey, man, things are going good for me. I don't have to listen to you jokers. Obviously, things are going good for me because that's what I did. But where is he going to come to when shit's not good? <laughs> right? Absolutely. He shouldn't have to fall on his face. No, he shouldn't. Yep. Well, I was, I was lucky enough that you guys portrayed to me like we had shit good, too. And life, life takes you upside down if you're not prepared for it. And that was the biggest thing is just it's kind of all embracing or not embracing, but bracing for what's possibly uh, going to come up. And you guys have just, I mean, on the first day, you strapped this tool belt around me, and since then you've just been dropping tools in my pouch since the, you know, since the first day. And that's how I view it is you're just, you're giving me every single tool, every single tool I need for whatever job is going to come in front of me. Yeah, because ultimately bad things are going to happen in life. I went through a thing, and when I was 25 to 30, but like, yeah, bad things are going to happen in life, but I'm going to be able to beat it because I'm stronger. And I have this nice ribbon rack and all of these trophies and the degrees and all these things. I've conquered so many things. You know, I've been to war and it wasn't like Afghanistan wasn't anything compared to like a divorce. You know, that was a real war. It's in one of our mission statements for Strip Raw. You know, we've, we've been battlefields abroad. So we've seen like jets come back empty but we've also seen battlefields like at home and th those were the ones that's there's no book for that you're not prepared for that you're, you're not, not trained no like when we go down range we are trained to respond to whatever happens at home it's a different story completely and you have no control like when i used to think with my ego that nothing can nothing can beat me nothing can get me down like, I don't have my kid with me right now. Let's just say something, God forbid, happens to him right now. It's out of my control. 
And it, you can't control everything. But there was a point in life when I felt like I could control everything. But that was from that battle-hardened guy who would take the long way home to try to control everything. And I would never allow myself to open up like I'm opening up now. Or like I have been opening up for the last couple of years, just calling things for what it is. Like Cobra would say, I said what I said. That's that. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I don't know where this popped into my head from, but I'm just curious. Maybe if we kind of change it up a little bit, I'm hoping to stay on topic. But how are you, and I, I know that there's experience with this, but with how busy you are and the days before this, how are you preparing time for how it's going to affect your, your wife, your family? Because that's the biggest like adversity I see right now is I can, I can handle any unknown and throw myself at it, but like my family has no clue how to deal with you know this. Unfortunately, I think it's one of the things you have to go through. It's never easy, but unfortunately, your family kind of gets callous to it too. Hmm. Which is sad. It it is, and it's par- that's why divorce rates are like through yep. the roof for military because. You know, you're gone again, and they're left to deal with everything at home. Like, there's resources and things available. I think a lot of families don't take advantage of those things. They try to handle things just like we talked about earlier within themselves. Um, You know, fortunately for me, my family has a great support center with friends and family that all live in the area. I uh, know there's people that are going with us that don't have that luxury. True. And those are the people that I kind of hone in on to check in with them. Yeah. That's one of the things. Um, so my girlfriend asked me just for the future. She's dealing with her own stuff right now with me leaving. And it's all new and scary for her and everything. Meanwhile, I'm sitting back on the couch like, it's no big deal. I'll just be gone for a little bit and I'll come back. <laughs> but... uh she asked me, you know, what happens in the future when, you know, say we have like a kid or two and then you have to leave for a deployment. What do I do? Like, what am I working at that time? What? And the only thing I was able to tell her was there's programs for this. We'll just have to learn because like there's there's benefits and programs and all this stuff. But at the end of the day, it does just fall on them. And I don't know how to prepare anybody for that. And it's tough because when you're overseas and you know like bring up Iraq where you're getting shot at all the time like you don't have time to think about what's going on at home like you have to be focused on what's going on where you are at that time Mm -hmm. and you know it's still kind of fucked up because like when you get home they get into this routine and you don't fit in that routine Mm -hmm. that's a hard pill to swallow Oh, I yeah. didn't understand it. That kicked me in the stomach because it's like you're out of that. And that's their house now. Right. That's and, their schedule. And then when you start doing things, it's like you're fucking with what they built unintentionally. Yeah. Well, especially for, for like us where it's every day you have this, uh, you have something that you're doing. We're generating jets. Things are going fast. You're moving. You're pushing things. It's Groundhog Day. It, yeah, it's Groundhog Day every day. So every day your hands are moving. You're creating this thing. And then <clears throat> wheels touch down back in the States. You go back home. But your circadian rhythm now, you're cooking. But you don't fit in. 
Yeah. And they're in the same way because they've been cooking. Right. And you're just messing with their with their program. Yeah. And, you know, unfortunately, you're going to see that when you get back. And it's an adjustment period for you as much as it is them. Yeah. Yeah, I wish they would talk about that more when it came up to uh, – because everybody has the energy, you know, the excitement, if you will, uh, the people staying back at home, like the family taking care of the kids. You know, they're gearing up for you to leave and, like, how am I going to go about this? And when you come back, that adjustment phase is crucial, crucial. You're talking about, like, having transparent conversations, it's, it's rough. It's yeah. very rough. I do wish that uh, they would talk more about that type of stuff. Yeah, I think even in the best marriages, like, it still happens. Yeah, absolutely. Hmm. So, yeah, that's kind of where I, I, my head's been, is trying to understand that. That's my biggest thing. Like, um, what do we say my, my catchphrase used to be? Was... Uh, uh, I forget. It was something about communication, and lately it's just been understanding. If you can, if I can understand myself, I can deal with it. If I can understand what somebody else is dealing with, I can also um, wrap my head around it. But this goes into a whole other topic that I'd like to get into. But like, what do I do if I don't understand or know what to do? How do I learn that? Is to just go through it and you know do the best I can with it. I but think you have to go in with some awareness that. These things will happen. Yeah. And it might be the honeymoon phase. Everybody's glad you're back. You're fucking glad you're back. And then it, that day-to-day battle rhythm that you had is not there. And then you interject that battle rhythm at home. And they have their own. Like, you have to have that awareness. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, all that stuff it wears off in 24 hours. 24, 48, <laughs> yeah. Yep. It all goes away. Yep. Because, you know, depending on how you process things and what happens, you know, it changes you as a person. You don't realize it. Like, you come to work, everybody's been through all this shit, so every, all this is normal to everybody here. Mm-hmm. But it's not normal for the people at home. And they don't understand it. Mm. The goal is for you to lead, lead yourself, self-awareness, self-awareness is crucial, and then you can have, uh, you can build the trust, and I think life is an ongoing growth through trust, constantly fostering trust every day, and the more you foster trust, the more you can have those types of transparent conversations, like I feel this way, even if you come back from the deployment, after the magical 24, 48 hours, Say, hey, I feel like I don't fit in here. And if you've established enough trust with your partner, they can say, like, okay, can you talk to me about it? Instead of, like, what I did for so long was just, instead of talking about how I felt about it, just get harder and harder and harder and harder. Jim, that square into the circle hole. Yep. And for me, I thought it was because I was protecting my partner. I was protecting my house. But it was destroying me on the inside, too. Hmm. And once it destroyed me on the inside, then I couldn't lead effectively. 
And once you can't lead effectively within your relationship, and I'm not saying like I had to be the ultimate leader or the only leader, but I couldn't lead myself. And that's when breakdown started to happen. So lead yourself. Don't take the long way home. Spend that time. That's how I see it. Instead of spending the time driving, spend the time having that conversation. Or at least just with yourself. Yeah. Yep. Have a conversation with yourself. There's another big one that I used a lot. I think I've mentioned it on here. Maybe I haven't, but a close friend told me going through a rough spot was, uh, was just play the why game with yourself. And I think this is a perfect, you know, why do I feel this way? Why do I feel out of place? Am I actually out of place? And why, you know, yeah. like you're saying, that conversation with yourself goes a, a long, long way and circling back to understanding. If I can understand myself, I can deliver myself to you in a constructive way. Yeah, and you kind of have to tiptoe back into it, right? Just like they have to warm up to you're here, back again. Um, I think there was one stretch. I was gone almost a year out of three years. Mm. That was rough. Because mm. you're constantly there, then you're leaving again, then you go somewhere else, you come home for a little bit, and it's constant chaos. And then they establish, like I said, that battle rhythm. You've established whatever battle rhythm because wherever you're – AOR is, and it's it's not at home. Yeah. Yep. All right, everybody. We appreciate you coming in for this episode. We look forward to hearing from the guys downrange. I'd like to see how you guys set up your audio out there. Yeah, that's uh, <laughs> with microphones, Dave. With microphones. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> we'll see. But no, I wish you guys the best. I'll be here to say farewell. And for when you guys come I have back. a 2 a.m. showtime, so I expect you there. Sure yeah. thing. <laughs> sure thing. I'll be there with your wife and your kids, yeah? I'm uh, sure they'll be there, too. Uh, probably not. All right, everybody. Uh, have an awesome weekend. We look forward to talking to you soon. Peace.